today I have a special guest and her name is Ilana Daneman. Ilana has been a physiotherapist for just about 40 years, plus or minus a few. She's helped special needs children in many ways. Her physiotherapy as well as she has been a product developer and a product marketer for many, many years. Finally, her expertise has led her to run a podcast herself. And the name of that podcast is Special Needs in Motion. So be sure to check it out because you'll get lots of physiotherapy insights from her and her guests. Welcome, Ilana. I can't wait to chat with you today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So Ilana also has a lot of experience as a parent herself. She has four children, all of them in the adult slash young adult stage. Um, and one of them, so she has quite varied experience. Ilana, one of the things that we were chatting about is how much you innovate as a, as a, a physiotherapist. And yeah. we thought that this would be an interesting topic to explore on today's episode because parents don't necessarily have the ability to afford everything that they need or everything that they need is not necessarily always at hand. So we'd love to hear some of your ideas and some of the actual innovations you've created using the things around the home. Okay, awesome. I'm really excited to talk about this because uh, coming up with ideas really uh, not just gets me excited, but makes me feel like I'm kind of in my mojo, you know, like doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, because when I go see children, I have about an hour a week. And that's just not enough to make a huge impact. I make some impact, but the real impact is what the parents can do at home with their children. So coming up with some really low-tech ideas, because high-tech is not in my area of expertise, but um, low-tech really is um, what I love to do because that way parents can use things around their house. And I work with a variety of economic I would say, you know, incomes. So some families have very, very, very little, I, you know, no toys at all. And then some have a plethora of things, but everybody seems to be very interested in, you know, things that they can make or use around their house. So one of my, my favorite things to work with, with children with special needs and particularly children with profound special needs um, is boxes or buckets or baskets. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and it really doesn't matter what size the child is or what their ability is. Um, I have lots of buckets in my garage and I also keep Amazon boxes because those are really nice to use. Okay. And I also have a variety of laundry baskets. So I have a couple, just those like uh, rectangular ones, you know, that you would carry around. And then I have some taller ones. Okay. So, so the way I use these is um, for children, let's say, that are learning to sit up. And, and if it's a small little baby, I might use a little Amazon box or a little basket, a tiny basket. 
uh, for a larger child, and maybe that would probably be an older child, let's say an eight or 10 year old, or it could be even older, um, right. that maybe needs just support sitting. Um, I'll use like a laundry basket. And so I usually try to pad the bottom with like a towel or blanket, like something soft, as well as the sides. And okay. then I will uh, sit them in it and make sure their pelvis is all the way to the back. Because why put them in something if they're going to slouch and not have good posture, right? That doesn't make yeah. much sense. Um, you can throw them on a couch for that, which <laughs> I'm not a big fan <laughs> of couches. But, right. you know, that, that people do have couches in their homes. And so, you know, a lot of times that's where children are propped up. But I like to get them down on the floor. So once I have them in this basket, then I'll take extra towels and maybe put some between their legs. I might put some on the sides. Like I may roll them up kind of like a roll, you know, like to give extra support. It kind of depends on the child. You know, some kids have like a scoliosis. So I may put some towels on the side where they're curving towards. Um, So you prop them and push them in the And really all I'm using is like boxes and baskets and towels. That's kind of it, you know. Um, Just one other thing is sometimes if they don't have good like upper body head control, sometimes what I'll do is put is take another folded blanket or towel and put it on their lap so they have like a little desk. For their arms. Oh, cool. So you can build to the height that the arms are comfortable at for that table. That's right. And now, okay. once we're in a box or a basket, we don't just have to sit there. We can actually move now. So I can put that basket or box. Um, if, they're, if they're a little child, it's really easy. If they're a little older, I want something more sturdy like a rocker board. But I can put it on top of, of a, like a scooter or a rocker board, and we can work on rocking side to side or scooting forward to back. Kids love that. Like, they love it <laughs> if I get it really steady and, like, push them across the room because now yeah. they, they get to move, but they're also positioned. And I also use this a lot for kids if I go in and they're really fussy. Sometimes they just like being in that tight space, you know? Okay, so it makes them feel more secure. Or something like that. That's right. Okay. So how do we sit our children in the, and I'm thinking we could use use a bowl for a smaller child as well, like a big Mm -hmm. cooking bowl or something if we have no boxes or baskets or something. How do we sit our child in in there? Is it cross-legged or can we put a child sitting with the legs out? Okay, that's a great question. So I prefer their legs to be straight out with their feet really against the ba- the far edge of the basket or box or laundry basket, you know, so they've got just a little pressure coming into their feet. Sometimes we'll put uh, on the a- their orthotics and their shoes. Okay. But some children just have a lot of contractures. They have like, you know, a lot of extra muscle tone, let's say in yeah. their legs. And so I'm not really using this as sort of a torture chamber, you know, it's really for more comfort positioning. So I will maybe put a pillow up against the bottom of their feet to soften that back edge a little bit. Yeah. Right. And if they need to cross their legs, because that's how they sit all the time, then we'll do that, you know. Okay. That sounds so interesting. So adapt it to fit what your child can or cannot do comfortably. Because right. that's one of the most important things you seem to be seeing. 
Yeah. Now I can tip that basket. If I get their feet kind of stretched out and they have, let's say, shoes on, I can tip that basket up a lot, you know, to bring the back end up. So there's a lot more pressure on their feet. So I can get a little bit of standing almost. Ooh, okay. And that's to give them some push against the feet to get the impression, the feeling mm-hmm. of standing. Okay. Yeah. And then if they're really ready to stand, I could get a tall garbage can. Okay. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you can imagine, or a tall laundry basket. I try to get it where it's not too wide. So in other words, it depends on the child. But I find them at Target, Walmart, places like that here in the States. Um, but either way, it's kind of like a, a plastic garbage bin and I'll stand them in that bin and then stuff towels around them that way, like between their legs, you know, in front of them, behind them. So they're kind of have like a standing box almost. Right. So you don't necessarily need a standing frame and you are supporting them so they don't have to bear all the weight. The towels help. That's right. And then I might Ooh. put like a desk or something front of them so they have a place for their arms right yeah to put their arms on so yeah and then one other thing I like to do is for kids that are able to stand and I usually do this with smaller children because I have some children that are let's say just developmentally delayed a little bit and our children with down syndrome like that so I'll take like a bucket like a big bucket and I'll put a a playground ball in the bucket. Okay. And okay. now I stand them in the bucket so they can either sit on that ball or stand up in the bucket, but they can't sit all the way on the floor because the ball is in the way. So it's like a ball chair, but they're able to hold on to the rim of the bucket. Okay. So we do, it's almost like a, it really is like a little office chair, but, but it works really well because I don't have to manage the ball. So the parent doesn't In other words, once that ball is in the bottom of the bucket and the child's in there and sitting on it, now the parent can just hold on to the edge of the bucket and the child will do all the sitting and standing. Now, this is for a child that's like ready to stand up, but maybe doesn't stand long enough. Okay. So So you've made it easier for the child when they want to sit, they may may not fall all the way down. You have a nice place for them to sit. Well, that's Mm -hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Sounds so, so cool. Easy. So you could give them standing work on the desk if you want, or they could sit, interact with you, get up, stand, um, sit again, whatever you need them to do. That's uh, right. Is that also useful for you to get the parent not interfering too much and give the child more independence? Yes, it is. And, you know, as long as we're talking about balls, because I like to use lots of different balls in therapy and people can find, they usually have them around their house. You can use tennis balls. You can use a little bit bigger ones. I like playground balls, basketballs, you know, almost any kind of balls can be used either for sitting or kicking or rolling or catching or, you know, laying over them. And, the, and we, we were talking a little bit before about maybe some ideas for the parents themselves, right? Yeah. Yes. So parents can also use the balls, you know, because now they're engaged with the child. And even a child that has more involved special needs, you know, you can put it in their lap. You can talk about the color. You can get one that has texture. 
I love beach balls because you don't have to inflate them all the way. You can just inflate them maybe 90%. So now they're a little squishy. Yes. And that means that if it rolls, it doesn't roll too far away from you. <laughs> that sounds um, good. You're right. And you can hang them from a string so that the kids can swat at them, but then the parent can swat back. So you're really, it's more um, of a family kind of activity as opposed to doing something to the child. You're playing, right. which I and, like. And the parents can let up and have some fun instead of always having to be in control. That's right. That's right. And who cares what happens to the ball? You know, it's like there's no protocol here. You can hit it. You could get a stick and swat at it. You know, you can use it like badminton or like I was saying, you can roll it or kick it. Um, yeah. There's so many different things you can do with a ball. Um, sometimes what happens is the balls sit in the corner and they're not being used. Yeah. But Sometimes you have a million balls of different textures and sizes. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the time I remember being... Having this impression when, when I just started off as a special needs parent some 10 years ago, uh, um, there was a ball for texture that you would use rolling over her face for sense, for, for her to feel the pokiness all over her skin, roll on her eyes, etc. There were so many different balls and each seemed to have its own unique purpose. And I felt like I was only allowed to use this ball in this way. But you are saying don't don't be limited, be imaginative, use them in different ways. Let your child in, enjoy a ball that's for texture, for catching, etc. Of course, if you do it safely. Yes, yes, that is what I'm saying. Even things like getting a parachute or a blanket. You don't have to go buy a parachute. You can get a blanket or a sheet in the house, and you can put balls in the middle, and then you know get multiple family members to pop it up and make the you know, the parachute games where the balls are popping everywhere. Oh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you can do that. And um, there's just so many things. Like I said, I like suspending them sometimes from the ceiling uh, mm. for, and, you know, using them for eye-hand coordination, but it's real slow. That's why I also like beach balls because they're kind of slow. You know, they don't move too fast. Um, Which gives the child time to process or time to respond if they are little slow right. mm -hmm. now you okay. can also use you can also use like scarves if you cut them up or you can you can buy juggling scarves but you can also just use napkins or scarves and they also work eye hand coordination so you can kind of throw them up and they float so because they float the child has more time to grab for them does that make sense yes it does if your child is not sighted how could you adapt that kind of um, activity? Oh, that's great. You know, I used to work at a company and they actually sold like bell balls, like balls that come with bells inside. Um, but it's kind of, I think it's hard to adapt that at home, although I'm sure somebody has come up with some great idea. I mean, obviously you could get some kind of noise maker or noise, but to getting it inside the ball would be a little bit tricky. Yeah. Um, so I haven't really thought about that, but I do know that for kids that are not sighted, texture is a big deal. So right. you would want a ball that has just a little bit more texture on it. Um, that right. would sure be helpful. So, maybe so when my, uh, sorry. So for my daughter, she's not sighted. And so one of the things I've done is taken, you know, the little hair bands. 
Yes. And sewn jingle bells to the outside of the hairband to put on ankles and, and, um, and on wrists. I love so that, that. That encourages her to lift her arms more and kick her feet more. That's what we tried in the beginning. Um, apparently, it works really well for some children. I learned this from a, um, an early intervention therapist by the name of Carrie Phillips. And that works well for some children. She wasn't so responsive, but she was still semi-comatose at that time. Um, however, what we found is that by attaching those bells to other things that we then dangle in front of her, when she raises her hand and hits and gets the sound feedback, it makes her want to interact more. Oh, that's nice. I'm actually working with a, a child that can't see right now and she's very young but I do use a lot of bells to get her attention and things with texture and also things that are very soft because yeah, yeah maybe you could speak about that a little bit but I find that the softer things you know aren't so offensive right we did try many different textures of material so we started with like wash rags some wash rags have velvety textures mm-hmm. and some have very knobbly textures. And she would pull away from the knobbly ones. In the beginning, she hated all textures. Everything was painful to her. Uh, but over time, she let us stroke her with the softer ones, the plush blanket or the plush bunny, that sort of thing. So we would take textures from everywhere. Um, there's a mesh bag that onions might be sold in i don't know on your end if that's how they come but yeah yes okay um and so mesh was one of the textures we would have tried putting on her feet rubbing her hand against she didn't like the rough ones but now what we've done is we've paired the textures she doesn't like with a recording button and we record her daddy's voice but to press the button you have to press on the mesh Ah, and so she has the choice. She can hear mommy's voice with the plush, sweet texture that she loves, soft texture that she loves, or she can hear daddy's voice if she can bear to touch the rough one. And she chooses the rough one always. Wow, that's fascinating. That's her love of daddy. So we've sort of helped her to come along in adapting and accepting the texture she doesn't like by pairing it with someone, her dad, that she loves more than anything else. Wow, that's incredible. So you're actually teaching her to, you know, kind of go out of her comfort zone. Yes, but by making it safe, because I know if I can just stand this texture, I'm going to get the ultimate reward, which is daddy's at work, but I can still hear his voice. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's fantastic. So uh, so I've heard you talk to me about bowls, baskets, um, boxes, that sort, of, um, that sort of receptacle thing. You've talked to us about scarves and blankets, lots of towels for everything you do because towels end up giving support in so many ways. You've talked about bells. I have the impression that noodles are a physiotherapist's best friend. Would that be true? Yes, I use noodles um, a little bit. I haven't used them as much as some other people have used them. Okay. Um, I've used them as a bat 
you know, like for <laughs> binging because they won't really hurt anything. And I've also used them for positioning to okay. give a little bit more, like sometimes a standing frame or a gait trainer, like there's just too much space in there. And so we'll use noodles. We'll stuff them like in between the child and the, you know, seatbelt to um, yeah. pick up a little space um, and give them a little support. Okay. Uh, so no- might be my friend when I get Emmy's wheelchair. We're getting her first wheelchair soon. And I'm thinking a couple of noodles might help us to do positioning. Yes, yes. And you can sometimes put them under the legs. You can sometimes put them on the sides, you know. Um, a lot of times car seat companies don't like us suggesting anything like that because it can mess up the integrity of the safety of the car seat. But I think when it comes to standing frames and walkers and things like that, Mm-hmm. You have the liberty to use whatever you need, whether it's a rolled up towel or a noodle, you know, for that kind of thing. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I'm not, I don't use a lot of noodles. Um, you could chop them up and like make them into games because they have those holes in the middle, like for stacking, things like yes. that. Um, okay. So what about somebody who has a lot of sports equipment? So some people just have a lot of, I don't know, sports mats and yoga blocks and all sorts of things around. Are there ways that we could adapt those to help our children? Well, yeah, you can make like um, you can make like obstacle courses with them. You know, mats can be used for stepping up and stepping off, you know, because they are different heights. And you can use them, obviously, for like rolling and doing floor work and exercise and that kind of thing. But they can also, I've even opened a mat up and kind of created a, like a a little cave for kids to crawl under or, you know, make them. Yeah. So we could actually roll it with a bit of a hump and they could go through the tunnel and all those kinds of things. That's right. That's right. And the yoga blocks can be used for stacking, you know, stepping on, stepping off. Um, I sometimes, I like to get find different planks of wood and create like like balance beams and obstacle courses for the kids to walk on and walk off and just something a little different and it's transportable so I can bring it in and out of houses but sometimes I tell people like just look around especially if you're having any construction done on your house (laughs) there's always (laughs) bricks and planks and all kinds of things that you could build forts or make balance okay So so you don't get scared when we talk about those kind of hard materials and so on. You aren't going to shy away and say, well, this child can fall. Uh, I think you shouldn't use it. Use soft things only. No, I mean, obviously you put them away when you're not around and they're used more under supervision. Um, But one of the hard materials that I absolutely love using is PVC pipe. And so I've made a lot of different things out of PVC pipe. If you go to actually, I have a YouTube channel. If you do special needs and motion YouTube, you'll see a few different things I've made out of PVC pipe. Now I know PVC, sometimes people shy away because it's not the healthiest of materials. So if somebody out there has some alternative, that's fantastic. But for me, just temporarily, I've used it for like, um, I'll go to, to a, you know, hardwood supply store, like Home Depot here. And, and I'll use one inch pipe and I'll make like, kind of like a baby bar. Those are those like 
like a mobile, like where you lay under it, right? And you can like reach for things because the bar is like above them. And I'll also use it for kneeling or even for standing. And I've made it so like the child, if they hold on to, almost like a ballet bar, if you could imagine. Yes. So it can be different heights. And then sometimes I'll do parallel bars. I've actually made parallel bars out of the PVC. And so I have an actual PDF if anybody wants to reach out to me, specialneedsinmotion at gmail.com. I'd be happy to send them a free uh, PDF. So, I'll, I'll be sure to put that in the show notes because I'm sure that a lot of parents would want to get their hands on ideas like that. That could make a difference to their children. Yeah, and once you start playing with that, you realize like, oh, I can make other things with this PVC. Because once you figure out that you just need some corner pieces and you can kind of cut it to any size you want. And, um, and I'm not like an expert in PVC. I just kind of played around with it, you know, a little bit. So, but that's a hard material, but I like it because it's very versatile. That sounds exciting. It sounds like a parent who sees their child having fun with parallel bars or something else might get excited to use them as well and make some for themselves. Right, exactly. And, you know, we we were mentioning before the balls, I just wanted to mention therapy balls, because those can be used for parents to sit on and exercise with themselves. And then they can also sit with their child on the ball, or they can lay their child over the ball, you know, or one of my other favorite things to do is to take a little bit of air out of the large therapy ball and and lay the child into it so now it's almost like a beanbag chair Ooh, okay and so that's also making the child feel secure because he kind of nestles into the ball that's right so it's not just positioning you know we want we want motion we want movement and for a lot of children they can't initiate that on their own so if we can put them on a rocker board or on a scooter or on a swing then we can help elicit some of that movement. These are very, very interesting ideas. They are easily accessible materials that everyone has, but yet you've opened up so many directions we could go in. And I suspect that opens up your imagination to think of even more ideas as soon as you start doing them. Yes. Um, there's another... Um, there's another therapist out there, and I want to share an idea that she shared with me. Her name is Maria Barreto, I believe is her last name. I'm not really bad. I forget names. But she has a website um, called We Flow. It's, it's about managing fascia, okay? Right. And um, she and has... Fascia, fascia, connective tissue around all of our muscles and other body parts? Yes, that is correct. And um, let me see if I can find her website. I'm not sure. It's We Flow Therapy, okay? okay. And because um, I want to give her credit because this is her thing. And um, But she works with children with uh, a lot of children that have cerebral palsy and like low muscle tone in the core. But what happens is they end up with very tight lower like extremities, okay? Yes. And, so she has these programs to help um, strengthen the fascia. 
and it's really geared toward parents. Okay. So not so much toward therapists, but toward the parent. But what she shows, and she has on her website, she has a free video that shows you how to make a soft neck collar. And it's really nice. It's, she explains that most of us think that if we put a neck collar on our children, that we're going to make them weaker. But what we're really doing is supporting that fascia so that it actually helps to strengthen the muscles and, and the fascia. Um, and so she usually, she uses like a long sock and she usually gets a colored sock and she'll stuff it with batting and then use that as a collar, like to go around the child's neck. Okay. And if you go to her website, you can find the video and you can make it yourself. And I think it's a really good tool for children who are very involved. So I just wanted to throw that out there. That's going to have a lot of impact for my daughter. She is hyperextended um, in both her arms and legs, feet and hands. So that would make a difference because her fascia are very, very tight. And I guess you want some limbering up and some strengthening. Yeah, so check out her um, her website, and she has a pro she has programs for parents, and really showing them how, like how to work with their kids to help build that fascia up. Ilana, thank you so much. You've shared what seems like such simple tips, but they are wide ranging, and I'm sure that they will bring many many parents support that they can provide for their children in interventions at home which is where so much follow-up needs to happen because our children can't go to therapy 24-7. That is correct. You know, that really the parents are the therapists and it takes a village to help raise children, but particularly with children with special needs. We need to all be there to be supportive and helpful and share ideas. So thank you for asking me to participate in your podcast I'm so grateful you said yes. Thanks for sharing your expertise and your creative side. Have a good day, Ilana. Okay, you too. It's been my pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye.